Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Screen Smash. I'm your host, Dan Morris. Joining me tonight, we have the solid Jake himself, Jake Brown. Solid Jake. What's up, guys? What's up? We got Tyler Graham in the Yellow Land. Hello, hello. And special guest joining us tonight, we have MSG, a.k.a. Michael St. Gregory. Hello. I've been here the whole time. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, MSG. Thank you for joining us for this conversation tonight. Happy to be here, Daniel. Dan- <laughs> Dirty Dan. Daniel. <laughs> That's not what people call me. I know. <laughs> but thank you again Keeping for joining your toes. us. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Anyways, <laughs> tonight on Screen Smash, the one and only gaming podcast on Couch Soup for now. We'll see how long that lasts. People are going to want to get in on this. We are going to be talking about a little game that you've probably not heard of called Wanted Dead. Um, another game you might have heard of called Atomic Heart. And then we're going to get into a little discussion about there's just too many damn games coming our way. Uh, and we got a little special message from a friend of the show who thought she wasn't going to be on tonight. But anyways, <laughs> I wonder who that could be to hmm. get us rolling. I recently played and reviewed a little game called Wanted Dead, and I had a lot of thoughts about the game, and I wanted to give us a chance to kind of talk about Wanted Dead here on the podcast. His, I want to be able to do this in the future. I want any one of us who are contributors for Couch Soup to come on the show and talk about a game they recently uh, reviewed. Seeing as how I'm the first one to have done a review since we started doing this, it's going to be me on the hot seat. So... I'm not going to tell you what my review said. You have to go to Couch Soup and read the review or watch the video that I made there. But here are some general thoughts and opinions. I was really excited for Wanted Dead and then very disappointed. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why might you ask? Why? Uh, Why, Dan? It definitely did not live up to my hype as well as very poorly forced upon me expectations of uh, Ninja Gaiden hype because they marketed the crap out of that game as like hey this game's made by people who made ninja gaiden so maybe it's gonna be like ninja gaiden it's not it, it's just not <laughs> it's in fact far from ninja gaiden yes uh, msg here has actually played a little bit of wanted dead so he can join me i want that time <laughs> back <laughs> you do <laughs> i truly do no I, oh, actually I've, I've never heard of it until your review Good came lucky. out but like i got a lot of lollipop <laughs> chainsaw vibes from it it's fair. Yes, that okay, nailed that. That's exactly. And that oh. was a fun game. So, yep, this yeah. one isn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I do say as much in my review that Lollipop Chainsaw was definitely one of their like inspirations in this game. Like they were definitely trying to go for some of that magic <laughs> that Lollipop Chainsaw had. And I said that too. Like 
it it clearly has inspirations from lollipop chainsaws as well as wet and metal gear rising revengeance but it doesn't have any of the what makes those games good and fun <laughs> it feels like somebody saw john wick and said i could do better and then failed <laughs> with nothing to support the claim <laughs> nothing to support that claim whatsoever they heard like gun foo in a buzzword like uh and we're just like yeah let's make that our entire focus and also ho- try to make it seem like it's a cyberpunk game yeah so, was there anything actually fun about it for me, yes, I, I I do give the game a little bit of slack because there are bits that I enjoy, and I I actually really love just how completely batshit crazy it is and zany. But it, that also makes it a bit of a mess for anyone who's not me. Yeah. So, this like, game suffers from an identity crisis. Absolutely, um, it is too many things, and trying to be all of them at the same yeah. time. So, like, the core gameplay is hack and slash, but with shooting. So, from any given moment, moment you're running around hack and slashing like you do in, like, a Ninja Gaiden. But then you can also pop up and use a rifle and shoot from over the shoulder like you would in, like, a third-person shooter. Third-person third, third cover-based shooter, even. So, like, almost like a Gears of War, sort of-ish, but just not nearly <laughs> as well have my refined. It's not nearly as refined as Gears of War. <laughs> the thing, all these mechanics, oh. Yeah, they seem like to pull you in like, oh, that sounds like it could be fun. Keywords sounds like. Sounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh I did like certain elements. I did like the 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 sword combat is pretty fun and they do kind of like intermix like John Wick style like pistol shooting in with it. So like you can be slashing a dude and then shoot him and then slash and then shoot and it opens up combos. And then when you weaken an enemy or you dismember them, you can do these really cool finishing moves that are John Wick-esque where you do these really cool executions and it usually ends with her like blasting them in the face with a pistol well after they're already dead. And it's like, yeah, you have to get that one more bullet in there just to make sure. The design team worked hard on that kill animation, so you better throw it in there. (laughs) But then on the other side, randomly you're doing mini games that are rhythm-based games but they're not well made either and they're really weird and obscure and not fun at least they weren't for me in any sort of fashion um like is, is it as weird as a uh, circle to smash god of war fans I, no <laughs> not really it's you know what really bothered me the most were the the cutscenes. like but not like like the in-game scenes of like game like in the beginning when they're having like like it 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 felt like again people just liking movies and just saying i want to do that like there's a scene in the diner where all the like mercs and stuff are talking it's like trying to be like reservoir dogs but failing Mm. but like going for that tarantino style of like natural dialogue it's it just it but they're just, just so doesn't work long and drawn yeah. out and just like you're sitting there watching nothing for yeah, minutes it's like it's like if hideo kojima directed a tarantino film <laughs> which is not which, a good combination it's not a good yeah, combination it seems like something he'd, he'd love to do though oh i'm uh, sure <laughs> yeah so i I have, I have a question actually because it's funny um the only reason the only two reasons i knew about this game are a because you were so excited for it dan <laughs> and then B, once it finally came out, 
Uh, I saw a clip of it on Twitter and someone was posting it and they were like, this is the most incomprehensible shit I've ever seen or played in my life. And they post up this clip and I think it um, was one of those rhythm games you were talking about. It has something to do with like a, a bowl of ramen. Yep. And oh, um, they, they oh. were like out of nowhere, it cut from like a mission where we were like slashing things up to um, literally immediately like this ramen mini game. And like, there's some narrator talking about like the history of oh, ramen. Yeah. That's, and there, that's in, there is, it's in my video review that little, yeah. I actually clipped that moment with the narrator. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, there's never been a narrator in this game before this point. It's only like, in that no. one part. <laughs> only so, in like, that one I part. I'm never so, like, back. Again, how, if you watch my review. How many times does that happen though? If you've watched my review, I mentioned there's several things that happen in the game once and then never again. It like feels the like narrator. five teams made this game. Yeah. And they each were making a different game. And then the deadline was seen and they were like, just throw it all together. Somebody correct me if you know, too, because the narrator in that one scene sounded very Aussie. Kind of Australian. Like, yeah, I think I think he was Australian. Maybe Roman originated in China and then came to Japan. Like Roman originated in China. Yeah, I can't came to Japan and then. There's no script here. There's nothing left for me to say. Pretty much. <laughs> Just fill in. All right. That's <laughs> kind of it. So, yeah, there's... I don't know. It's a it's a, it's a love-hate situation for me because I like a lot of the crazy zaniness, but there's just so much awfulness to, like, the nonsensical storytelling, the really boring, dull cutscenes and narration, as well as the, the dialogue, the characters, like... None of their dialogue makes sense. None of what they're saying matters. None of the pieces of the story seem to add up in any way. And it's just kind of like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know who these people are. I don't know why this matters. And then you got the black chief of police chewing them all out like you're in a buddy cop film. Yeah, straight out of an 80s movie. For no reason. For no reason. He's just chewing them out. I, don't, I was like, what did I do? Yeah. Put your damn badge and go to the table and get the hell out of here. Like get it's the just hell like out of my office. straight out of like lethal weapon. Yeah. I'm like, I said that too. You I, like, yeah. <laughs> like we had the same idea. It was just like somebody was on some sort of bender and just took every idea they've ever seen in movies and just yeah. threw it in there. So I feel like though this is gonna be one of those like weird cult hit games, though. I like be surprised, it's so crazy. That like in 10 years, wanna, everyone's yeah. going to be like, oh, did you hear about that Wanted Dead game? You and it's going to be selling game? at eBay for like $500. Yeah. And then <laughs> some some studio will make a sequel that'll be like insanely good. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the original. And then... You know what's really funny too? Is the other, on Twitter, I saw a tweet from the development studio saying, hey, Wanted Dead fans, we heard you. Here's a bunch of fixes coming to the game. All the fixes are like minor tweaks of like gameplay and frame rate and like nothing else nothing that would actually make the game more fun and playable i i my complaint that i hope would have seen there was make a new game <laughs> because that was try again just just give it another go <laughs> maybe pull back <laughs> would you yeah. have an idea and Think don't about it for a second <laughs> blow up the marketing with false advertisement yeah ninja guiding because that that chapped my ass pretty hard i'm a big ninja guiding fan and i was <laughs> not happy have you I'm, guys ever played a game like 
it could be recent, it could be like years ago, where the marketing looked so good and you were so hyped to see it, but as soon as you started, you were just like, I don't know what game this is. No Man's uh, Sky. There, no Man's ooh. Sky. Well, ooh. initially when it came out, yeah. Now if you've got it, <laughs> you're, you're gonna like, make me do okay. it. You're gonna make me do it, MSG. We've not had an episode of this show yet where we don't reference aliens, colonial marines. Well, there you go, <laughs> man. There Every you time. go. <laughs> The and, and there it is infamous. in the chat. <laughs> yep. The most infamous game of like false marketing. Yes. Uh, and then, then they did it again. Like recently, there was another Aliens game that it seemed like it was supposed to be what Fire Team. I thought was expected. Okay. I thought Fire Team but was okay. it, it wasn't like everyone wanted basically Doom, but with Aliens. Like they wanted to play James Cameron's Aliens film as Doom. <laughs> And they ended up getting like a, a strategy, like team strategy game. And it was like, uh, <laughs> it was one of those where it's met with like a whimper than just like, oh, this is so much better than what we could have had. I mean, technically, there is an old Aliens game that was built in the old Doom engine that you can play on oh, yeah. PC back in the game day. Game kicked ass. Yeah. Even <laughs> the original Alien versus Predators, those games were yeah. great. Just do it again. Anywho. I remember the the box arcade, uh, the side scroller shooter, um, where you would like play these insanely um, archetyped uh, marines. Like one was like super jacked, and one was the explosive specialist, and one was you know just a like a scout soldier, and you would just hop on a jeep and just shoot everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we want. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I don't. If you want to get the whole story, if you want to get the full review, check out my my review article on CouchSoup.com, or you can check out the video version where it's telling you the same information, but you get to watch all the weird, ridiculous game footage with it, too, and a cool a couple of little uh, uh, spoofs that I throw in there <laughs> to add to the <laughs> ridiculousness. Anywho, moving us along, we're going to talk a little bit about a game called Atomic Hearts. Which we've all played. Say it with me. Crispy Critters. If I never hear it again, it will be too effing soon. Holy crap. Now, let me ask you Did you play just the English version or did you put on the Russian voice with English subtitles? English was enough. That was it. I heard the Russian was better, but I've only played with English so far. Here's the thing. I, I I did like I I played through the first hour in English, and I was like, "What the hell am I playing?" <laughs> and then I real like I learned like you could turn it to Russian, and the while the dialogue can still be garbage though from English translation, at least like the inflection and the tone and the like ability of what they're trying to express in the native language makes more sense, especially when they're talking about like things that happen in history in the 50s from the perspective of the USSR. Yeah. I want to know what that kind of like sounds like, but I don't want to hear some bro yelling at a glove telling him to lay off while a refrigerator with robot tentacle arms basically tries to assault him. <laughs> I hate that vending machine, man. <laughs> yeah. I think I genuinely think that's the most uncomfortable of it. Ever I been think playing I'm jumping game. ahead of myself, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez! Did you get to the vending machine, Jake? Yeah, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm still in therapy um, about it, man. <laughs> God, all right. So, all right, I just want to start off by saying, like, 
what even is this game? Russian <laughs> because, Bioshock. Because like, like I came into this game completely blind. Yeah, like, I, didn't I was know like, hey guys, let's play Atomic Heart so we can talk about it on the show. So By the, the way, if is, you like, have Game Pass, it's free there, so don't worry if you have to yeah, don't, you know, yeah, buy don't, it or don't not. Spend money on it. Play it on play it on Game Pass <laughs> if you have it. No, so like after five hours of playing, still don't know what this game is. <laughs> like I'll tell you what it, it is. Like like is it a horror? Is it a comedy? Like is it supposed to be serious? I have no freaking this idea, man. Is, like it's, it seems like it's trying to be so many different things. And I just I guess it's a theme we're having on this show. <laughs> Something trying to be too many things. <laughs> It's like, I, I know I was talking to Dan about this the other night. Uh, I was like, one moment I'm being hunted down from like an army of Ned Flanders. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the next minute I'm chatting it up with Sexbot 3000. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was any uh, of that necessary. Even. No, but like, here's the thing. It's like, maybe that would be okay. If the main character like didn't seem like he was Steve Bloom from Wish.com. Yeah. <laughs> like It, it, it really very terrible. much is like. It, it's cool in using that like alternate history aesthetic and vibe. And I like games like that, that kind of take like the what if scenarios. And mm -hmm. this is basically like, what if the USSR basically took over the, the economic scene uh, of technology and kind of figured out how to use smart technology at a much more advanced level. And you see that from the start with all of the like, transportation and the robots that are being used. Robots are everywhere. Everything is an automaton of just like for the most menial labor. And people are living comfortable lives because of it. And there are floating cities. There, there are so much advancements in technology, except flying cars. Your car is basically lifted by a, uh, a, uh, a drone <laughs> and then flown to another floating island. You kind of have to see it to believe it. And even the character questions that yeah, motor yeah. transportation. Like, Don't we have a flying car? Yes, but this is tradition. <laughs> there's like a lot of emphasis on uh, like nationalism and the dangers of, uh, you know, pride in a country loving instead of having like individualism and, you know, deep themes like that. But at the same time, <laughs> Distracts you with two giant sexy lowbrot ladies <laughs> that are like they're they're everywhere. Like they have become the meme now of just these. There are these yeah. two most like, famous in the game golden tall statue esque robots that are called the ballerina twins, and they are the bodyguard of the individual who is essentially in charge of this technological new wave uh, that is trying to bring like a kind of like Skynet system for everybody to use together and of course something goes wrong why wouldn't it and then you're hunting your way through the whole thing to try and figure out this mystery uh and i got to the end really <laughs> oh my god yeah and i will tell you, you <laughs> i was actually pleased with the end result there are two endings that you can do and i i played out both uh, you know, you do the trick of save file and then you go back. Um, I and I, I got it. I got like the story that they were trying to tell. It's it's just it's that main character's dialogue is so bad, <laughs> so bad. So, so I'm so the odd snooty. one out in that respect. Is I actually really enjoy it. 
I think it's stupid. Don't get me you wrong. Like it's Conrad Duke Nukem. It's terrible. Oh, no. But it's, to me, it's hilarious. Like I'm constantly laughing at this guy's dialogue and the things that he's saying. Like yeah. when you were talking about, is it a horror? Is it a comedy? I was going to say, I've, I've flat out laughed more than anything playing this game. And I wanted to throw out there too, like, how hard was this dev team just trying to be Bioshock Infinite with that first 30 minutes of the game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was too long. So hard. It was it like, was we're going to do Bioshock Infinite. That's what yeah, this is. It's, it's got like a, a Sam Raimi vibe to it with the Don't horror comedy uh, combination <laughs> to it. <laughs> and my God, like, it's, it's it, again, very super high concept. Uh, very interesting take on how to use like alternate history. Uh, for technology and all that kind of stuff and seeing how it's affected. But just some of the performances, uh, there's there's this interesting (laughs) balance where the performances are so over the top that they're great, like the the old lady spy. And then there's, you know, your character that you're playing where it's just like, it's, it's just going back and forth between cringe and like accepting for the world. Uh, and then, I'm a little then there's sad that it's not actually uh, <laughs> Jensen Eccles playing him after that review that oh, like recent trailer, yeah, the other commercial yeah, they yeah, did with yeah. Jensen Eckles. Like, oh, I kind of wanted it to be him. I would have liked to have seen or heard him play yeah. that character. Also, the way anybody that anybody play the character, the way that it cuts between <laughs> first person and then the cutscenes are like third, like that threw me off because yeah, that was weird. You're mm-hmm. playing that whole intro, that whole prologue from first person. And if I never saw what the guy looked like, it would have been fine. But if I never saw what the guy looked like, yeah, I would have been happy because he why does he have that haircut? It's why weird. It's, it was like because it's it, it, because it's like the Soviet Union and like the yeah, 1980s, they would not have allowed that 1970s or something. He looks terrible. He looks this like was, a yeah. 2023 fuckboy. Like, what is he doing? Like, I, I I just don't know. This was like definitely, you know, it's it's meant to be like if the Cold War wasn't going on and the United States was like, Russia's in charge. We can't really, we can't mess with them. And the name of the game is actually like, unless you played it, you can't really like give away what the whole thing of what the title of the game is because apparently it, as you learn, it's actually a key component of the entire plot. Um, but I did you did either of you or any of you get to what is the plot twist of the story? I'm no, sure I but I, I already have <laughs> okay. such if an you idea of what it is yeah, from like if the you first spoil like yourself. three hours of the game. I it f- is I long. Like it's a enough. bit of a long game. I thought again, like everybody is making the Bioshock comparisons. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be, especially with the way the, the twist play out. Goes okay. If if you're saying that the twist like a Bioshock twist, that that affirms what I believe it is. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, for me, I think the game goes on way too long at the beginning facility because it's like you're doing that for like ages and ages and ages, especially that like terrible like fetch quest type of shit where like you're getting the containers and you're like slotting them in the tree. That's where I'm at sudden, now is those it, stupid containers. Oh, there's the an puzzles. open world after that. Yeah. The puzzles. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, an, there's an open world. That yeah, you forget. Out into. <laughs> the puzzles that they have, it's one of those things where it's like, you've set up such a realistic world. Why is this a thing? Other than for it to be a puzzle mechanic in the game. 
And those kinds of things bother me because <laughs> at least with like Ken Levine and Bioshock, there was a system as to why each thing was being used in that city because they made it very clear, like, this is how the city works. This is the tech we use. And this is what you would have to do to manipulate it to get to your, you, you know, your means. In this, it's like robots are everywhere. They do all the jobs that uh, no one else really wants to. But also we've got like a bunch of random tubes and shit. <laughs> yeah, like the whole it's tree the future. Thing. It's the future in the fifties. The, the, the whole the whole tree thing is incomprehensible. The, they they depend on a tree to power the whole facility, but also you need to take four specific canisters to fuel the tree every couple yeah. days. And there is a bit of like satire in that moment when he actually calls that out. It's just like, why do I have to keep getting canisters to put these in these things? And but, I'm like, that's a, that's I don't know, thing. man. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the thing about a game is what kills me is like the main character complaining about having to do something like the writer saying, haha, we know this shit sucks. Doesn't then make don't it suck it any less. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it suck any less. Like, just, just leave it out then. Don't a write that. It a nod to the I audience. Know it sucks. Yeah, like that doesn't help your cause or doesn't help a sell of a game. It's like, yeah, this part sucks, right? Yeah. So, why are you telling me? I don't <laughs> I don't want this game to suck. <laughs> so here's a funny thing too, when I was playing the game, like I had put a couple hours into it and like I was doing my, like I was like, okay, this is like the, the dialogue is stupid and the writing is stupid, but whatever, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying this experience. And uh like Brandy was hanging out next to me and she was kind of like not paying attention, but then she heard one of the exchanges you have with the doctor. And this is where I had that moment of like, wait a minute, because she said, why did he just call him my boy? And I had to stop and think about it for a second. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be a freaking Bioshock ripoff, isn't it? <laughs> like, don't tell me if it is. I don't need to know right now. But I'm just I'm saying, like, <laughs> there's a reason why everyone's calling this Russian Bioshock. Like, it is very clear that this was heavily influenced you, by both do you, games. Do you know what my like sell on what I think the plot point is? You're telling me this main character can't like, like they, and they, 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 they say this like five times in the first like three hours. I've only played like four or five hours of this game. And this guy's mentioned, he can't like remember shit past like two years ago. How many times? Like, come on, man. What's yeah, going they've on? They really here? kind of beat you over the head with it. A yeah. lot of times, like I figured it out very early. Um, <laughs> and because of that, there was no yeah. like build up. There were no, there was no, there's no subtlety to it. It's yeah, it very less, like, like foreshadowing. Yeah, there's no and, foreshadowing. And almost like you're already being told what's it's going all on, four. in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> no shadow, just four. <laughs> wow. I do think it's a very pretty looking game, and it's oh, the moment the gameplay is pretty fun for the most part. I did run into an issue today. I was trying to play a little bit more before we got on the show, and I don't know if it had something to do with the newest update, but I went from like playing the few hours I did and never having an issue to playing for a few hours today and all of a sudden every time i hit the x button on my xbox controller to reload my guy was healing and i'm like why does wow. he keep healing when i hit the oh, reload button that sucks. what's going on there's a <laughs> Please, just keep playing the game just keep you're playing supposed <laughs> to push a button for healing and then i looked and i saw that like in the settings the press to hold timer had been reduced to 0.5 tenths or five seconds or whatever and mm -hmm. i'm like oh so every time i push the x button it was bringing up the weapon selection wheel 
Not wow, reload. Just insta selects the one on yeah. top. Then. Yeah, so well, I was automatically heals you. selecting yeah. healing, and I burned through all my health kits in one go because oh, I'm trying to no. reload. So I had to change that timer so I wasn't constantly Oof. doing that. I'm like, what the yeah. hell happened? Like I was, I played hours of this game and that hadn't happened before. And now one's favorite mini game, native settings UI. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, to get us uh, moving on, uh, what are your guys' kind of like overall opinions of the game? Like, what would you give it, like, a rating or just good, bad, yay, nay, thumbs up, thumbs down? Hands actually, down. I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been thinking about this a decent amount, right? I think I would give it somewhere, based on my limited experience, um, which is, like, a little bit into the open world, probably, like, the second quest kind of thing in the open world. I'd give it, like, maybe, like, a, like a 6 or 6.5. All right. I feel like that's like a I, I feel like it's hard because I feel like games media has like such like inflated scores. So it's like really hard, yeah. like even thinking about it to be like, this is the score I want to give this. But I feel like it is like mechanically a decent game, but I just like I can't get into it. Like there's something about the game where like I'm looking at this world. I'm like, it's a really pretty world. But then like maybe it's the dialogue. Maybe it's like like I feel like there's some things about the world that is really ridiculous to me. Like when you're walking around scanning shit and you're just like you've got your L out. Like it just I see that and I'm like loser. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, like what is going on here? Like I am I am holding this L out and then I've got like this little thing in my hand and it's just suctioning the world up around me. And mm-hmm. it's like something about it is just not like clicking with me. But I think that the game like mechanically holds up really well honestly and like the combat is pretty decent so like i think six six point five is like a a decent score for it it's not bad but it's just not great like it doesn't do it for me yeah for me it was the like the game peaked before it began in terms of like i liked this world that they were presenting i liked this uh, exposition they were giving of world building and what this time period was like and what you were entering and i wanted to see like more of that because i felt there was more of like a mystery in there that could have been played out instead of just a shooter and i want i just i wanted to have more of what is really going on in this world instead of robot uprising like what like what is there it 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 felt like there was so much potential to kind of go in the direction of like what uh Detroit Beyond Human did with the whole you know what is the purpose of the automaton if it's only you know just serving like the fact that the word robot comes from robot uh Russian robotnik which legitimately means slave like there was nothing played with that they didn't even like touch upon that and i'm like it's in the language of the setting of the game you're playing in come on give me something with that and yet of all the things for bioshock they didn't take rip off the whole notion of a uh uh uh, was it a man something a slave obeys what is what is the thing he says at the end i can't even remember but like that they they skip off over all the nuance and just go right into shoot 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 tech 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 
Yeah. What about you, Jake? Six. Yeah. Six. 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 I kind of honestly, I think Tyler has a lot of the same views that I have, but like, it, it just nothing interests me about the game. Like there, like it felt like a chore to play it to me. Mm. And it's like, I, I put in like an hour or two every night of the past few nights. And I were like, I I'm wanting to like this game. And I feel like if I have to like force myself to like try and be interested, it's just, it's not for me. And it's like, Luckily enough, like it is on Game Pass because I would have never tried it if it wasn't. And uh, I think that's the great thing though about it being on Game Pass is if I do change my mind, if I'm ever that bored enough and I want to hear crispy critters again, <laughs> I can boot it up and try it and play five minutes. And then they really tried to make that a thing. They really <laughs> tried. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, for me, I want to say like I I'm really surprised that the game is what kind of game it is like i was fully expecting it to be more of a straightforward fps and i actually think i would prefer the game if it was more of a boomer shooter like why isn't it a boomer shooter like every trailer i watch for the game every preview i've seen for it i just saw this footage of dude beating up robots and blasting robots and fighting these giant robots and it was like this looks like a crazy over-the-top boomer shooter where you're just blasting robots but it's not and i think that hurts it yeah, instead you have to ways. manage it, it 50 tries to rounds of ammunition for your shotgun. I do think one of the robots. I do think one of the things that like threw me off guard, which I I liked it, but I had to question it. I was like, why do we have robots that like drop kick from like twenty feet away? <laughs> yeah, so it turns out all of the robots no kung fu. Like, yeah, it's just like striving, really, really? striving wrestlers like. <laughs> This is my tryout. I got this. Got this. They could have right. easily taken over the world with just an army of robots, but instead, no, they wanted to clean up leaves. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think we all pretty much kind of have like the same opinion of this game so far. Like I'm having fun with it, but it's like it's just it's not quite hitting the chords I was hoping. Honestly, it would. give it try to get to the ending just to see my, what your your thoughts are on how the story ends. That I am curious about. I do yeah. want to see the ending, so I'll see if I can power through. Speaking of powering through, we have a little word from kind of a sponsor tonight. Here at Screen Smash, we don't bow down to sponsorship or product placement. Okay, maybe we do a bit. Go to CouchSoup.com, become a member, buy merch, support our lovely faces. So that was our little mock, like, couch soup ad that Maria threw together for us. Well done. You made it, Maria. Well you were still done. on tonight. Did it. <laughs> Corporate chill, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we had uh, another uh, pretty awesome skit lined up. But unfortunately, due to some technical issues, we weren't able to complete that in time. Anyways, moving on to our main discussion of the evening, we are going to talk about what I can't help but feel every time I look at my video game consoles, and that is, fuck me, I'm paralyzed by choices because there are too many games out that I want to play and there are too many games coming out that I want to play, and it just leaves me stuck staring at my screen, maybe playing Atomic Heart or maybe playing something. I I, I don't know. I can't decide anymore. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to get into this tonight with everybody here as far as, like, Am I alone? Do you guys feel this way? Is it just me because I'm a privileged little brat that can play everything? <laughs> because that's just who I am. But uh, Game Pass definitely doesn't help on that front. How do you guys feel on this? Like, there's 
all these games that have already come out in 2023, and there's so many games that we already know are coming by June, if not July. It's it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, so the way I think about it is, like, I'm still catching up on games from last year. Right. <laughs> like, um, I, I think a big reason of it is it's like, I'm a father. I don't have as much time as I did a few years back. So every game that I play... It has to count. I can't gamble like on other games. Uh, <laughs> atomic fart. Um, <laughs> I'd be mean, like, I, it, really? it, it sucks because it's like I, I got the games that I, I still need to beat. Like I know I got Gotham Knights, uh, Last of Us Part One, the new Dead Space, and Modern Warfare Two. Uh, I got games that I have beaten that I want to return to, such as like God of War Ragnarok. Like I want to try and finish that up and hundred percent it. And then there's just games like I want to play for pleasure. And then, like, I like playing like Gears 5 and Fortnite and like games like Fortnite. That's like a, it, it doesn't end. <laughs> there's always something to do. But no, there's, there's a lot of games coming out as well. And I just, I, I don't know where the time to, is going to come from. To Go jump ahead. in there, I wanted to give a quick little short list before somebody else jumps in. So, so the games that have released already this year that are like, these are a short list of some of the bigger games, but there's Persona 3, Persona 4. Monster Hunter Rise, Dead Space Remake, Hi-Fi Rush, Shadow Drop, Metroid Prime Remaster, Shadow Drop, Ishin, Like a Dragon, One Piece Odyssey, Hogwarts Legacy, Wild Hearts, Atomic Heart, Blood Bowl 3, and that's just what's already out. <laughs> what's too many. To come out, Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, WWE 2K3, Resident Evil 4 Remake, MLB The Show, Minecraft Legends, Dead Island 2, Jedi Survivor, Fredfall, <gasps> Zelda, 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 Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, and Final Fantasy 16 all by june Dang. if you want to play even half, wow. let's, let's say a third of those games you better get a loan <laughs> and a lot See, of free time and quit your jobs i'm i'm gonna um i'm gonna actually step in really quick then because you are like a gaming omnivore like you any game that comes out, like you're on top of it. Put that on your resume. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, need a, I need a dictionary because man, it's more so, gaming um, omnipotent. <laughs> me, me on the other hand, though, I um I love games, but I don't play very many of them. I feel like like you're a gaming I, vegan. I, I'm a gaming <laughs> vegan, yeah. Uh, or may, maybe just a gaming carnivore. Like I'm all about my FPSs, you know what I mean? Uh, okay. Visceral stuff. Yeah. But uh no, no no, but when it comes down to it, um like I only have like four games this year. That like I think like really piqued my interest. Obviously, like you know, Zelda, Redfall, Dead Island Two, and uh, man, I can't, I can't even think of the, the fourth one off the top of my head. But like you know, there's only a couple that like I see that and I'm like, all right, that one I'll play for sure. You know what I mean? But I, I still agree with you on the paralyzed by choice thing because I think even nowadays, if you're not playing like every game that comes out, if you're not like you know, getting overwhelmed by the fact that there's like 30 AAA titles coming out every year. Um, it kind of goes back to something Jake said um, offhandedly, you know, with Fortnite, it never ends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many games now where the game is treated as as a live service. You know what I mean? And, you know, if it's a game that even puts out like a battle pass, like if it's as simple as that, you're going to need to put in like 80 hours in that game over the course of like three to four months just to keep up with the battle pass in that game. And yep. then, you know, on top of that, if you like, two games with battle passes then every three to four months you're gonna need to split your time like you know 40 hours to this game 40 hours to that game 
And then if you like three games of battle passes, then you have to figure out how to allot your time to like, you know, do I want to do this battle pass or that battle pass? And you have to balance that on top of the new games coming out that you think are interesting looking. And that's where I feel like I get really paralyzed by choice personally. If you're a gaming reviewer by trade, this is a great time (laughs) because you're consistently going to have something to review. But this is the problem of the streaming era that, you know, we're in. Think about how many services everyone has to watch movies, uh, TV shows, play games at any given time, anytime they want. Choice paralyzation is exactly what it is. The fact that I can access anything to watch from my smart TV or watch or play on my phone. I can play Xbox games on my phone because of Game Pass and the cloud gaming system. I'm going through it going, I don't know. And then eventually I just go back to my PC and play Skyrim again because I'm modding it all the time. <laughs> so, so I'm like the worst person to talk to about like choice of games because it always ends up being like old stuff. But it is a symptom of just the delivery services and society not being able to keep up with the technology that we keep advancing ourselves. We give ourselves access to all these games and we can develop these games faster and we can create these games better with the different engines that come out. Or we can try to, you know, uh, downgrade them, but for new systems to, you know, give them the classic feel. Mobile games are coming out all the time. Marvel alone has had several come out last year. And once uh, Snap came out, that was just like they're, you know, oh, we've we've. We've got them with, you know, the mobile games. And I won't lie, it's a great game. But, you know, I don't know that many people who've played Midnight Suns other than, you know, the people that I've heard review it. And some games I didn't even knew came out. Like, that's how many are coming out on such a frequent basis. So the demand for games, I don't think, is as high as companies think that are distributing these i do think though that there is room for services that allow you know i think game pass is great i like the fact that if i don't want to fully commit to a game i can just play it on the cloud and then if i don't like it it's there and when it's gone i don't have to worry about it anymore i i can't imagine though at a point investing in as much as I possibly could or what they want me to be able to invest in with all these games coming out as frequently as they do. And it's, it's one of those things where it's just like accessibility can be very good in other ways, but just having it able to get out there faster, quicker and shinier doesn't mean that, you're immediately going to be the best game. I think what you touched on there with the idea of of an investment is kind of important because I I think that also loops back into what I was saying a little bit because I think that, you know, you're right. Technology has advanced to the point with like, you know, these streaming services, like, you know, Game Pass, you know, even even just like, you know, the fact that you could digitally download basically any game nowadays. You know, it it is very easy to get your hands on a game but i think that as the technology has advanced 
you know, the executives, like the, the suit and tie guys behind the game industry. They've also been trying to advance their business practices. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's really not just about how to get, how to monopolize your, your cash flow to them anymore. It's how to monopolize <laughs> your time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you're competing, you know, they're competing with all these other, you know, game producers and they see your time as more valuable than your money because in a, in a, in a ecosystem where there are so many games out and you are paralyzed by choice, especially with a multiplayer game, it's very important with multiplayer games, multiplayer games ride or die by their player numbers because you need to have an ecosystem of people to play with. So if you're able to monopolize people's time, you know what I mean? Like you could be paralyzed by choice, but if there's like 20,000 guys playing this new game, but only like 30 with a massive, like 90% drop off on another game, that's going to be what, you know, these companies are going for nowadays. So, and they also want to trend because now I've seen that uh, companies and designers, well, not so much the game designers themselves, but the companies that are, kind of in charge of the like the publishers and stuff they're looking to right. see if they're going to be the game that's streamed all the time on twitch or streamed on youtube gaming like they want to be that game they are like like now it's become a focus like investing time truly is now a thing of having people watch someone else play the game is just as beneficial to them as people just buying the game which is crazy nowadays <laughs> I'm curious on Jake's side because I know Jake is a, a pretty hardcore like completionist going through his backlog lately and beating how many Assassin's Creeds in the last few months? Oh my god. <laughs> like over this past year, dude, like I went through a freaking binge rounding up Assassin's Creed games I did 100% and I like finished off like four or five of them. Um I th- I feel like honestly though, I, the worst part about it is you get that fear of missing out cuz you have all these different games coming out. I'm a person like I want to play it day one. Like I, I hate to hear about a game that I want to play from somebody else because I haven't played it yet, um, which it, it, it sucks because it's kind of like if I'm in the middle of a game, I have to rush through it so I can be done with it so I can try another one. And that's like I I don't like that I have to rush most games just so I can play another game. Like I, I feel like I'm losing the fun factor of it. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Jake. Um, I think be honest, I was Tyler. Be real, honest. Yeah, break it down. Be real, man. man. Be real. I, I'm, I'm, Tyler, I'm always real honest, with all the Jake. people out there. <laughs> <laughs> I um, <laughs> I uh, I feel like be I have on a headlines similar, tomorrow. <laughs> a similar impulse to you, Jake. But very uniquely, I think it's because I write about games. So, like, I feel like I want to be like on top of things, and like you know, as soon as something gets out, I want to get it done. But only if it's something where it's like, I want to write about that. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I feel like my impulse to like get things done like right away has almost faded away because of how many new games there are out. Because there are so many, I've kind of like made peace with the fact that I'm never keeping up with all that realistically. So I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'll get like one of the new games this year. And I already have a backlog of like, 20 games you know whatever that i i plan on finishing so like if i get one new game this year i could do that and then i can focus on my backlog and then you know maybe the other three games this year that i want to get my hands on will drop like 30 bucks by next year 
but then I could add them to my backlog. I feel like it's very cyclical that way. And the issue with that is like, you know, you're always, it, it seems like you're always going to have a backlog at that point. But I feel like it also takes a lot of like the literally like the mental pressure off of you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you, you don't constantly feel like you're behind the gun personally. I don't know. That's just, that's just how I've kind of like uh, gotten myself past that point of like worrying about, you know, there's like four things coming out and I'm, I'm definitely not going to be able to play all of them right away. Not with that attitude. <laughs> come on thanks well, for being real with me Tyler there's the consumer, the consumer versus the journalist uh, perspective of course where one is one is going to be seeing it as you know I'm not talking about anyone here in particular I'm just saying the consumer will be kind of really having to face the choice of can they afford to play that game is like you really are focusing on like single-mindedly what's the one that i am willing to pay for the most and i i feel like i'm going to be guaranteed a good time which is a hard gamble nowadays because we've seen games that are very expensive Mm. and have no payoff whereas the journalist has the privilege of being able to have access to it so they want to be able to experience those games and enrich the product of like it's part of their own job and livelihood so there is a balance and the perspective of each of both are right in their own sense but at the same time the there's always going to be peaks when something will eventually have to be split up divided and realize like there has to be other ways to do this and the streaming era that we're in where all sorts of media can be instantly delivered is going to reach a peak where it cannot be sustained anymore. And there is going to be a breakdown that is going to affect all of it, including video games, where, you know, just because the tech of being able to instantly deliver the game to you is still there, it's going to be on the company and the consumer to be like, this is why you should be using our service to justify your game consumption. And right now I feel like Game Pass is the only one that's kind of hitting the mark in that sense. And it's a good business model that people are using or people should use, I should say, because not everybody can afford AAA games all the time. And, you know, I I see hardware uh, and and actual discs being sold in car in games smaller and smaller in in walmart and target and even in like video game stores that apparently still exist because gamestop won't die (laughs) somehow (laughs) somehow uh but yeah it's going to be interesting to see if you know when when is that peak going to be hit and what will be the result afterwards i do feel though that because the fact that we're even having this very discussion the feeling of choice paralysis is becoming so much more uh in the zeitgeist of video game culture that it has it's going to have to be addressed sooner than later you know uh, what i will say is i think we are you know and not just us but like everyone at couch soup is kind of uniquely positioned to understand uh what you're talking about there msg like where um you know as a journalist uh you, you understand things a certain way where you're, you know, you're looking at the games market 
and you're like, you know, I need a, I need to get coverage of this and this and this, you know, I mean, you're thinking about things in a very analytical way, but as a consumer, you know, we still have to, we, you know, we still have to worry about that. We're very civilian journalists, you know what I mean? And, um, I, I think you're right. I think services like game pass, um, function very, very well for this because when you get the day one drops on there, um, it's like, it kind of makes up my mind for me because yeah. like I can be paralyzed by choice with like, you know, the four triple a games coming out in like the next two weeks. But if one of them is dropping on game pass, I'm much more likely to look at that and be like, even if it was like my number three out of like the four games coming out, it's like, well, I could play that one for free. It looks interesting. I could get coverage on it. And then as a consumer, I, I don't have to worry about spending 60 to $70 on it and then maybe getting a dud. And, and having to cover a dud that I paid 60 to $70 for, which or, or even waiting for a company to reach out and provide like demo keys to Definitely, be able yeah. to do sort of that sort yeah. of thing. Like it's very, it, it's, it's un, it's an uncertain um, world for that kind of, and, and if I was developing a game, you know, and I had the ability to get it onto game pass, I absolutely would. Because again, it's like you said, it makes the choice for me because it's there. It's ready to play. And you can go and just make your own opinion of it as soon as it becomes available. I have a couple of thoughts that listening to everyone's discussion here and what you, you've all hit on in different ways. Like to go off of what you said, Tyler, initially when you called me a, an omnivore of games, <laughs> um, that is very much a unique problem that I have that I pretty much want to play everything. Not absolutely everything there's definitely there's certain games and genres that don't work for me but there's a lot that do and there's a lot that i want to at least try and get my hands on so that's that makes it really hard for me and i struggle with that being paralyzed of just like oh my god look at all these games i could play on game pass as well as what's on like the nintendo online or what's on the playstation plus you know this month and like i I have the Switch, I have the Xbox, I have the PlayStation. I can go to any one of these and dip my toe in, and I'm just like, oh, my God, there's too much and not enough time. Where on the contrary, this is like the other side of the different consumer from myself. The mirror is like I have a friend who the only game he really plays is Halo. That's all he does. He plays Halo every day, all the time. He might stop and play like Resident Evil when they come out. He might stop and play Dead Space, but otherwise he's playing Halo. And I'm a little jealous of him sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> man, that must be nice. You know you're playing Halo today. You're not worried about the other dozen games that came out last week or the dozen games coming out next week. You're just playing Halo and you're having fun and you enjoy it. Like he's really, he's really fucking good at Halo. Don't get me wrong. Like he better be. He destroys it. If you play that <laughs> long, you better be good, man. He's been playing Halo forever. Like uh he's really good at it. But anyways, the this the the con the contrast between like me and him, you know, and like I'm sure he can look at all these games coming out and he don't he doesn't care. He's like, whatever, you know, that doesn't that doesn't affect yeah. me. He's like, I'm only worried about like Resident Evil when that comes out, and I'm worried about Call of Duty when that comes out, and he'll he'll play Call of Duty for a couple of weeks and then forget about it and go back to Halo. And I mean, yes, the newer Halo isn't the greatest one. He he still will play, I think, Halo Five over Halo Infinite sometimes. But interesting. Uh, there was another notion that you guys both dropped too, and then like now I'm I'm forgetting what it was, but I think it related to like the Game Pass notion and like that 
ease of access um but also like where we are in this unique position of like we want to cover games and <laughs> i think you touched on msg too about the idea of like you're going to go back and play that game you want to play regardless yeah and i find myself in the situation of like there, there's always games that i go back to and that i'm still playing even when there's other new games that i should be playing or want to play and uh, I, now back to the game pass notion i'm really happy that like one of the biggest games that i've been excited for is a day one game pass release because i'm like i know i was going to get that game i know i was going to play that game but now i don't have to worry about it because it's going to be on game pass and that's going to be a whoa long fallen dynasty because i love everything about that game i love all the pedigree behind it it's basically neo which i played well over 200 hours of on the playstation back in the day and this is neo but set in the dynasty warriors world and i've played nice. a lot of dynasty warriors i have pretty much every dynasty still warriors holds up i love, I love dynasty warriors the whole it's, franchise still holds up it's the most stupid just core fun to its bones gameplay of just the one versus a thousand it's <laughs> comfort food video gaming is what Absolutely. you're talking about you're Absolutely. always going to have for me it's skyrim i will go back to that game Every single time I played it when it came out and I've been playing it since. And when I found out when I got it on PC and I discovered modding, I have not stopped <laughs> the cycle. And I've just been like making it all different every time. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. People are always going to default to the things that they like the most. It's 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 both a great feeling, but it can also be a major problem for studios because they want to be that game that you mm. fall back to years from now. I think God of War in 20, uh, 2018's version will be that game for a long time for a lot of people. I, I think that game will be revisited by people every mm. now and then and be like, oh yeah, I really love this game. Like I you said, that, with Halo, the fact yeah. <laughs> that people still play it unironically to this day of just and enjoying every second of it, that is a very big deal. Everybody wants that. Yeah, that's like me with Resident Evil. I go back and play Resident Evil over and over mm -hmm. again. Like I just, I love those games. I love replaying them. I love revisiting them after a while. And it's just that kind of like, well, it's been a, a while. It's time to play Resident Evil again. Or <laughs> you know what? I just need a good like let my brain like sink yeah. into the back of my skull. I'm gonna play Dynasty Warriors. I'm gonna play EDF. That'll I'm just gonna <laughs> lose myself. Yes, have it come back full circle, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh it's did you have any like i'm wondering about you jake where you land uh -huh. on this like do you have any further thoughts and all i can think of is about like the games coming out i'm not prepared for like i said like i have such a giant backlog and then they're and gonna announce gear six and you're screwed once that <laughs> happens like screw everything like i'm i'm your friend you, you could have just been referencing me but you said halo instead of gears <laughs> Because <laughs> that's literally me. When I'm not playing whatever I'm playing, I'm going back to Gears. Um, no, it's like uh, WWE 2K23 comes out next month. I'm very interested in that game. Uh, hey. It looks really good. Um, they've gotten a lot better throughout the past few years. Uh, well, no, last year's was really good. The one before that wasn't too hot. Hot garbage. <laughs> hot garbage. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's a whole other discussion one yeah. day about wrestling <laughs> games because older equals better uh now this new one looks <laughs> um but it's like this new one like i'm really looking forward to it and so like i've been trying to i got 2k22 
maybe about a month or two ago. So like I'm trying to get trying to milk that as much as I can before the new one comes out because I'm like I I wanna make it through this, wanna enjoy it, get my money out of it. Uh but then like you have games like Jedi Survivor coming out, mm. and that's gonna take up a ch- chunk of my time. And then uh I don't know if it has an announced date release date yet. Sp- uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, like when that comes out, oh yeah. But again, Man. think about the distance between the releases of these games. But like also, with WWE, it's a franchise, much yeah. in like the other 2K games, where it's always going to have the next version probably every two years. Whereas yeah. like with Spider-Man and um what was the previous one you mentioned? Jedi Survivor. Yeah, Jedi Survivor. Long gaps. Yeah. Because they want the best version of it they can make. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, without mm-hmm. you know too many bugs or drafts like you know updates coming through we're looking at a lot of games bethesda um (laughs) bug thesda uh but but, how how many games are going to be announced that we haven't heard about like that's the part that scares me oh god wait because it's like yeah i i I just named those three games but like in the span of those three games but they're also the three games that are being talked about the most in including like the stuff that nintendo just released with direct Like, everybody's talking about Zelda because, of course, everybody's going to talk about a new Zelda game. It's guaranteed to be a talking point. Like, it's, you know, the Super Mario Brothers movie is going to be a success, whether people want it to be or not. Just like the Sonic the Hedgehog movies have been a success. These are things you can fall back on and rely on being something you can enjoy (laughs) in the moment. (laughs) In the moment, <laughs> in the moment, looking back, maybe you go, that eh, wasn't that so great. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. It's the they're looking for that initial. How do you feel right now? The first day you're playing it, because that's going to be the memory that lasts and hopefully keeps you going either back to that game or when a remastered version of it comes out or when an anniversary edition of that <laughs> game comes out. Or the remake of the anniversary edition comes out. All right, guys. We actually are going a little long tonight, but this has been a fantastic conversation. I I know we all have a lot more we can say on this. Oh, God. Yeah, I could talk about this for hours. But we got to wrap it up here tonight, and I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us and having this chat. Um, Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Michael, and now we're really full circle. Thank you, Michael. For I had to get one more in. I had to get one more in. If uh, the hard Daniel just makes me think my mother scolding me as a child. It's my son's so. name, so it's like very much just like a Daniel. Oh, <laughs> Anywho, we need to say good night. Thank you, MSG, for joining us for this evening. Thank you for having me. Appreciate thank it. You, thank you. And thank you, Jake. And thank you, Tyler. As always, I'm Dan. And we will see you all next week. Bye bye. Crispy Critters. Crispy Critters. critters. Man. (laughs) I I didn't know we were all supposed to Crispy Critters that one. Ah. (laughs) We weren't. Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, 
what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.